A lot can happen in a week. A lot can happen in a day. And in fact, uh, hour by hour, your, your life can change completely. And mine changed this week. Uh, incredibly so. I, uh, uh, Jeannie being sick, or not sick, but her, her shoulder being broken and, and heal, in the process of healing. I've been doing dishes and, and um, uh, laundry and, you know, stuff. And so Sunday afternoon, I, I, I wanted to do some man stuff and run a chainsaw. That's what I was going to do. Because I don't see many chicks running chainsaws. Does that happen? Does it? Oh, stink. All right. It better be a small one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but the idea, for the most part, it's the man thing. You know, you're out there, you know, all the noise. But anyway, I, I was getting ready to go out, and uh, I got a phone call. And it was my sister-in-law, and I knew it when, I, when her name come up. This isn't good. And, and she, I said, uh, what's up? She said, it's Dad. I said, where is he? She said, he's gone. I said, okay, where? She said, he's in the lawn. So, um, my dad saw it all week. He was 88 years old, but he worked all week. Sunday afternoon on his day off, he's taking his bush hog out in the field, uh, which is not one you throw behind a tractor, the big ones that you push. 90 degrees in a flannel shirt. Just living life to the fullest. Exactly what he wanted to do. And I'm telling you this, he was dead before he hit the ground. He was working, and I'm telling you, he didn't sit down and die. He, he literally, right where he was. Was it shocking? My goodness, yes. Um, so went over there. And uh, you can imagine the week, you know, Putting things together. So many of you have done this in the past. This is not new, unique to the Petty's family. Uh, uh, and so you know the grief and the shock. Um, what I have to tell you today uh, is I know there's some of you that have overcome incredible odds because of um, the example in your, in, uh, your home. That, that you had to overcome some things. I'm standing here today not having had to overcome anything. And, re- I, and I, my dad was not a perfect man, but I'm telling you what, he was a man of faith. He loved his family. He, I didn't have a deficit in seeing him. It, was hard. it wasn't difficult for me to trust a, a, the father that I don't see, right, because of the father that I had. And so, and I know some of you have overcome some great obstacles in that, and, and bless you, and, you know, uh, Jesus makes up for all of it, right? But I stand in the position and the place, some people say that I'm, my confidence is there, and almost to the level of arrogance, um, and I, I can own that, but I, my confidence is because I always knew I had somebody back there regardless that was there. You know, if I needed something, if I needed something, uh, and I asked my dad, and he knew I could get it myself, he'd say, do it. But if I needed something, and he had it, and, you know, he, he was just a giver, and, um, but, but not to the 
point where he spoiled you. Some of you, you know, you want to give and give to your children uh, because you want them to love you and know that you care about them. Well, your children need to be loved by everybody else too. Not be a spoiled person, right? Thinking they're entitled to everything. That's wrong. My dad never did that. Uh, made us work for what we got, but gave us incredible, incredible start. So, so get over there. There he is laying in the lawn, and they got him covered up. And I just—it's crazy. Um, but my dad had no fear of death, and that's why he knew he was. Di- I know he knew he was dying. He gave guns away. He t- hey, wait, I want you to have this. Gave tools away. I knew he knew his time was short. I think he was getting weaker in his body, but he was determined to go out at full speed. And he did, and I am so thankful for that. That's why I say, yeah, I, am I grieving? Am I sad? Yeah. Am I sorrowful? Yeah, but at the same time, it's exactly the way he wanted to go, the exactly way, way I prayed. God, I hope this is what happens for my dad. And it did. And I feel incredibly honored. I feel like God honored him. And uh, uh, so you, you get over there, and, and, and for me, I just, um, it, was an, it was just different. And, and so let me, let me tell you this. I know, I realize that um, um, there are times in our life that we want to retract and hide from things. So, and I'm here to tell you, God wants to put you on display. We want to hide, but God wants to put you on display. Uh, in fact, I'm going to read the first one last at Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 14. It says, but thanks be to God who always does what? Puts us on display. Not, not just sometimes. He always puts us on display in Christ and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For to God we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved among those who are perishing. To some we are the, an aroma of death leading to death, but to others the aroma of life leading to life. And who is competent for this? We are because Christ has made us. We're always on display. I realize, and, uh, and I'm going to uh, just try to put this together so that you understand. Reading from John chapter 6 and verse 61, it says, Jesus, him knowing in himself that the disciples were complaining about this, asked them, does this offend you? So Jesus had said some things that offended somebody. You ever been offended at the word? Yeah. You ever say, I don't, you know, I don't understand. I don't like that. But he had said some stuff that offended his disciples. He said, does this offend you? He didn't go around and say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. <laughs> he said, does this offend you? He said, he said then, what if I were to, uh, then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? He was really speaking a word about what was coming. You're going to, you know. And he, he goes on to say, he said, the Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. 
The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. You know what? You guys were incredible. Thank you for everybody that came, shook my hand, uh, you know, uh, prayed. You know, maybe if you didn't know my dad had passed, uh, you know, that's fine too. I'm not, it's not a competition at all, but every one of you, any note, any card. uh, uh, But the food, I've had enough. Okay. I went to put a shirt on today that should normally button, and it didn't work. And I just got to tell you again, Ross, 11 pounds of pasta. I don't understand. No. <laughs> Comes over with this pot. Jeannie says, you got to see what Mike brought us. 11 pounds of pasta. But I, 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 no, I do love every uh, uh, act of kindness, every word. Every hug, I, and I appreciate, and I understand it. Um, you know, you, sometimes you feel uh, there's, you know, not knowing what to do. And I just appreciate any act. I, it's an honor to me and Jeannie and to, and to my dad. And, um, but uh, Jesus is saying here in John chapter 6, he says, He says, the Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. The words of God are spirit and life. They're not just rules and regulation. It literally brings life to us. So say that the Word of God is spirit and life. The words of Christ, our spirit and life. All right, so you'll understand this when you read, when I'm reading in Matthew chapter 7, 24, it says, therefore, anyone who hears, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, therefore, anyone who hears these words, it's not just words, oh, let's do a memory verse. No, that's not the kind, the, the word is spirit and life. He said, anyone who hears these words of mine and and acts on them. You can sit here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and hear these words, and they are zero benefit unless you act on them. But when you act on His Word, it's life. It, It literally brings life. And so he says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible, a sensible man. Sensible. How many want to be sensible? All right. A sensible man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on a rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a man, a foolish man who built his house on the sands. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed, and its collapse was great. Now, The reality of it is, it's not if the storm comes, it's when the storm comes. Right? I don't care, I'm looking at you. Some of you have been through some incredible storms. And uh, those of you that um, have yet experienced anything, uh, you will. God love you. I'm not trying to hurt 
you know, or scare anybody. It shouldn't be scary. Either you're going to get a call or somebody's going to call your family about you. Not, I mean, it's inevitable. Life ends. What happened to me is not strange to any one of us. Some of you have experienced it with a, with a mom, a sibling, a, a, a son or a daughter, which is incredible to me. But yet we're called to stand. Why? Because His Word in our life brings life. And, and so, here's what happens for most people. I, and I, maybe not most, and I'm hoping it's not you. Uh, the psalmist wrote in Psalms 32 and 7, it says, You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. And we look at that as a, yeah, that's, you're my hiding place. But I'm here to tell you, the Old Testament truths are not, are, are not what we should be living in, the, in, in, in our New Testament promises. There are some that come along because they've heard the Word. They're not living the Word. They're not letting that be their life. It's, they're not letting it produce life. They, they want to come and they, and they confuse a, a, a storm in their life. They want to come and they want to hide in Jesus. I've seen this happen. You are my hiding. I want you to hide. Well, i got Scripture for that. I want, I want to hide. I'm going to hide. I'm going to hide until all the boogeymans are gone. I'm going to hide until all it's all well. And people have come and gone through this assembly that want Jesus to be their hiding place. And, and as soon as the trouble's gone, they're gone. I'm going to hang around Jesus long enough to get through the heartache and then I'm gone. But I'm going to tell you something. His words are spirit and life. And the Word of God is meant for us not to just hide in. It's meant for us to be a foundation that we build on, that God puts you and I on display. Well, I want to be on display when I win the trifecta at the track. I want to be on display when things are going good. I'm going to tell you when he puts us on display is when there's heartache and hurt, when there's just the worst, when a storm comes. And you're standing when everybody else is collapsing. You know what happens too often? Uh, there is a storm that comes, as it does in all of our lives. And people rush through the door to try to build something real quick. And God's grace is there. But I tell you what. Those of us that have been in the building trades, when there is a storm, we usually step away from building for a while. Unless everything's covered. I'm not going to be out there pouring footings. I'm not going to be out there, you know, here comes, it's like, okay, let's let the storm pass so that we can build correctly. Right? I, I'm going to tell you something, I, and I understand most of us in our lives messed up and we come in broken, and God is grace, gracious. And if you're in a storm today, we're gonna, we'll help you build. We'll try to shelter you while you're building. 
We'll try to help you, but the reality uh, of life is his words are our spirit and life, and it's not Jesus is not meant for you to hide in. It's for meant, meant for you to build your life on so that when a storm comes and all of that, you're not wiped away, you're not, you're not washed away, you're standing. Are you standing with less grief? Nope. Are you, are you standing, you know, oh, you don't feel anything? I felt it all. But I didn't feel it without hope. I didn't experience this without the knowledge of God's grace and goodness in my Father's faith and just and that this is just temporary at best for all of us. His broken body on the lawn didn't freak me out. It, it didn't, and I'm not pleased. I, it wasn't an act of arrogance. It was an act of confidence. I went over, everybody was away. I went over and I uncovered him. And he was face down. I put my hand on him. Just said, God, thank you for doing it this way. Thank you for taking him like you did. I'm just, and Dad, thank you for living a life you did. And, and from that moment, because I didn't, uh, I wasn't uh, in me to go hide from that moment, there was a process that brought healing, not just to me, but to my brothers, to my sisters. Finally, when the trooper got done with his investigation, he said, we're not going to do an autopsy. Said, Thank you. The guy just died, you know. There's no foul play. He's, and so the funeral uh, people come. They said, well, we're going to put him in the van. I said, would you mind if we put him in the van? She said, no. He said, hey. Guys, come here. Well, we're going to put him on that gurney. We're going to put him in the van. Okay. So, so well, what did that do? I, we were taking care of my dad. So, oh, we could run and hide in Jesus. Let somebody else do all the... And I'm sorry. I don't mean to be... I, I, I'm talking in our lives. Not just in the, if the situation in your life, I understand that if you would want to be away from it. I didn't want to be away from it. Uh, and, and so when the funeral, the lady that picked him up, she got to the funeral home and uh, they were fighting over who was going to take care of our family. She said, these guys or something. So I get, so we get to the funeral home the next day to make arrangements and, uh, He's going through all the stuff and this, uh, this part, this part. I said, he got to the casket. I said, hey, we're going to make our own because that's what my dad would have wanted. Wasn't, that wasn't just my idea. That was all of us. So, so the brothers all got together. We made this, this casket. Uh, and um, the funeral director said, you're going to have to sign a waiver. I said, why? In case it falls apart while we're carrying them? He said, yeah. I said, okay, I'll sign a waiver. So uh, so we got together, we built it, then I took it to the funeral parlor, and it was too wide, and we rebuilt it. It was too, in case you ever want to do this, 28 inches max, just letting you know. So we built this beautiful box for my dad of wood that he had sought out two weeks before. And uh, so we, we got there, and what I'm telling you is you can... His words are spirit and life. His words are spirit and life. 
I've built my life on his words. He didn't call me to hide. He's called me to be put, put on display. He, in, in every situation of our life, it's either, oh, I can't handle this, or Jesus, I'm on your word. I can handle whatever is coming my way because you said so. He's not going to put anything more honest than I can bear than you can bear. And so when things come into your life, what I'm here to tell you today is Jesus wants you to be a display, not a candle uh, put uh, with a bushel put over it. I understand in the Old Testament that, that they did not have the promises we have. They don't have the experience that we have. They, don't, they didn't live in the grace that we live in. They didn't understand the fullness of God's salvation like we do. We stand in an incredible place in the face of despair and death. I've done this for the past 45 years in my life. Not to shy back. I, I, this, is, this is my life. I'm not doing this for an occupation. I happen to believe the Word of God. I know it's spirit, and I know it's life. And it does not get on display unless you rub against something that, okay, this hurts. Okay, now it's time. We, we want it all sunshine and roses. And that's not life. There are storms that come. And I'm here to tell you the grace of God, the favor of God, the Word of God will cause you to stand. So I got the box back, the casket back. I told my brother, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver it Wednesday morning. He said, they said, can we come? I said, yeah, well, can we meet you there? Yeah, okay. I brought my screws and a screw gun. And we put, we put Dad in there. And then we put the lid on. It wasn't going to be an open casket. These people were great. They let us do whatever we wanted to do. I said, hey, can we put the lid on? Of course, can we put them in the box? Yeah, we, you can do that. What, why? Because it was my dad. I just wanted, I wanted, and I'm telling you this, it was incredible healing for all of us. It was incredibly healing. And so uh, we got all done. I said when we put them there uh, where, we're, where the wake was going to be. And I said, hey, uh, he said, I said, how about that waiver that I need to sign for the casket? He said, nah, I don't think so. He said, that's built way better than anything I got in the back. <laughs> uh, and... And and I said, would you ever have anybody do this? He said, no. He said, this is. And what I'm what I'm telling you is, oh wow, you guys are great. I'm going to tell you what, his word is spirit and life, and we are meant to be on display. We are meant to be unique. And I'm not talking me as the prayer. I'm talking you. You're meant to stand out in a storm. You're meant to be there, not shaking and not hiding and not doing that. Why? Because we're built upon His Word in our life. 
Now, it'd be different, if, I, but I'm talking the reality of what I just experienced and what I absolutely in confidence know the grace of God is there in the darkest moments. And this may not yet be the darkest moment of my life. It probably isn't. But my expectation, the sad part of people that come in when there's a storm, they want to somehow build a relationship with God to get them through that they can hide when the reality of it is for you and I, you ought to be building for the day. That's coming in your life so that you'll stand. Not waiting for that day to start building. I'm not yelling at anybody. I'm just telling you, you're here at a good time. What are you doing? I'm building. What are you building on? I'm building on His Word. What's that going to do? It's going to bring spirit and life to me. Why? Because there's a storm coming. And when the storm comes, I'm going to be all right. I'm not going to wait for the storm to start building. What what did he say? A wise man? Something like that. Come on, don't be unwise. Hey, God love you. You can dabble in Christianity all you want. Play around all you want. This is not a game. This is life. Real life. Where things happen that I am here to tell you uh, a, a, a Christian worldview and, the, and the, the Word of God is really the only thing that makes remotely any amount of sense. If you think about it, I'm telling you what, the Word of God lays it out for us perfectly. So that my dad can push himself and die with a hope and a faith. And I can see somebody that's gone on from what I believe is life to life. And I can endure that and walk through that. For now, walk with my mom, walk with my siblings and stand and say, He's, it's all right. It's all right. Why? Because we have hope. Because there's spirit and life in his words. A couple more scriptures, and I'm, well, look, and I got time. Uh, I, I, I just, let me say it again. There's a different, well, I'll say it like this. First Peter chapter 1 verse 10. Concerning this salvation, our salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the Messiah's sufferings and the glories that would follow. Now that's a mouthful. Let me just tell you what, paraphrase it real quick. Uh, Jesus coming, his death, burial, and resurrection was prophesied over and over and over again throughout the Old Testament. Old Testament prophets prophesied, and they knew it. God revealed it to them, and they're like, what? And, and, and so uh, it said it was revealed to them, those prophets, that they were not serving themselves but you. These things have now been announced to you through uh, those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels desire to look into these things. Paraphrase this. You got it good. You want to say you don't? I'm telling you now. We've got it good. 
We've got the promise all around us. The prophets in the Old Testament, those that wanted Jesus to be their bulwark and their hiding place in a place of refuge and all of that, they did not walk in the truth that we walk in. They did not walk in the life that we walk in. They did not walk in the power of the Spirit that we are supposed to walk in. They prophesied the salvation, the death, burial, and resurrection. They looked ahead. They weren't problem. The promise wasn't for them. They recognized it's for you. It's for us. Say it's for me. It's for you, and you don't mean you're not meant to hide. I remember when I first got converted. I was in the Navy, board ship, and so I went from living the party life with those guys to repentance and just that new life in Christ. And so there was a process of time uh, for about, I don't know, two or three weeks. I hid my Bible when I came out of the birthing department. I didn't know. I was, just, I, you know, I was going to service, but I hid my Bible. I was 19 and I think about the third or fourth time I did that, I just heard his voice so gently say, don't do that again. <laughs> like, okay. I guess if I'm going to be this, I better be this. And uh, he put me on display. It's like, what? Petty's, what happened to you? These guys knew me in that moment of transition. And they thought it was a momentary thing. They thought it was just something, uh, a phase. But uh, it's a 45-year it's a phase that I'm going through. But I'm here to tell you something. Uh, God wants you to be light to a world. He wants you to be on display. And you cannot compare yourself to the Old Testament Psalms that where God wants, you know, to be your hiding place. He doesn't want you to hide anymore. He's given you, if you haven't received it yet, then He wants you to be filled with His Spirit that He puts you on display in these moments. That you become uh, 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 that, that element in, in, a, in, a, in a, a, a dark situation where there's light. You, you become a place where there's turmoil. You, 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 you stepping into it bring peace. Why? Because His Word in my life is spirit and life. I just, God, I hope you get this. God intends for you. He promised for you. He's, he's gifted for you the ability to stand in the darkest of days. And stand with absolute confidence and strength. Am I, oh, wow, you're just a better man. You know I'm not. You know I'm not. That, that's ridiculous. You take His Spirit from me. You take His Word from me. And I'm, I am lost. I am undone. But you put His Spirit in me. And you let His Word surround me and be in me. Watch out. And it's not, who can do that? Not me, but through Him. I had, the, I had, by the time it was done, 
and we did the funeral. We, by the time it was done, on Thursday, I was just, I got home, uh, and then I wept like a baby. This was over. I just, I can't do it. You know, I'm going to help mom do that, but it was like, but what a privilege to, to walk where I've walked the last week. Uh, and, and I, again, my mom needs us. We're going to do that. But what a privilege. It's like, oh, I have to do this. No, no, no. I get to. I get to do that. Oh, I, you know, come on, man. If you have a have-to attitude about Christianity, you're never going to be on display. I don't want what you're displaying. But if you have a get-to, I get to. I get to show them. I get to show them what it's like. My daddy showed me how to die. He did, man. And I'm like, pa. Amazing. Oh, no, he died. Yeah, we're all going to die. But he showed me how to die. He, he died standing up, the bum. I can't believe it. But that's exactly the way he wanted it to be. And, and uh, I, just, I just am so incredibly grateful for the example. And what I want to be, and what God wants you to be, is an example to a world around us that's in an absolute storm. And they're not standing. They don't know where stability is. But what they need to see is somebody in a storm that's not shaken. And you know what? He's put it in you to do that. Stand with me. I got one more scripture to read as we close this out and you pray and, and ask God to help you. What, what you need is His Word in your life. Not just hearing it, but just letting it become a part of who you are. It says here, in Hebrews chapter 11, and I would suggest to any of you that are uh, students of the book or read it at all, when you go from one chapter to the next, don't think that it's a new thought. You understand what I'm saying? The end of chapter 11, in, in the original letter, it wasn't this brand new, okay, now i got another thought because it's chapter 12. Same thing. So I'm starting in Hebrews 11, I'm going to read to... Uh, 39, I'm going to read to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, As these were approved through faith, but did not receive what was promised, since God has provided something better for us. Would you say better for us? Better for us. So that they would not be made perfect without us. They, the fulfillment of those prophetic utterances. It says, Therefore, Verse 12, or chapter 12, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witness around us, lay us, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that lay before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. We're running a race. 
We're not just trying to survive till we get there. We're running a race. And if you are worth your salt, you don't quit running because something bad's happened. If you are worth your salt in the kingdom, you don't just run for a short bit and say, well, I'll let somebody else carry on. This is a marathon. He that endures to the end is saved. And we're called to just every day be in the race regardless what life puts our way. And that display of spirit and life in our lives is going to affect those around you. You want to bring them to church? And you want the preacher to preach? And you want them to hear the word? You want them to be saved by it, and I'm here to tell you that your life will preach more of the gospel than I'll ever preach. The life you live, the display you put on, will become more effective so that when they do hear that spoken word, it's got something to stick to. It's going to be because of your witness. Boy, I'd like to keep preaching. (laughs) But I'm going to pray. Listen, 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 listen. Don't, don't think I'm condemning you at all by any means. Don't think I'm telling you how great I am. What do you think 45 years of serving God ought to look like? Seriously. I'm not playing at this. This is my life. And, and, and if, whatever, if you're trying to build in a storm, we're going to help you. But I'm going to tell you what, when the storm's over, don't quit building. Oh, that storm's gone. I don't need that anymore. There's another one coming, honey. And you're going to need it. If you're just kind of sitting on the sidelines, I'm not condemning you. I'm telling you, get in the race. If you think you need to hide in Jesus, you need the promises that make you want to just be a witness. I mean, hear what I'm saying. Come on. Father, I speak your goodness and your favor. I speak your blessing. Your strength, oh God, your word in our life, that spirit and life, I speak, Lord, to a group of people that I know that you want to put us on display in the toughest times of our life, that you've given the promise, we've received promise, that we stand. We just stand. We stand because of your favor. We stand because of your blood. We stand because of your incredible grace. We stand because of the power of your spirit. But at the end of the day, we stand. We're called to stand. And Father, thank you that I can stand where I stand today. Even speaking this word, thank you for the faith and the strength to be put on display I only want to see them to see your goodness and your favor as we sing come on if you need strength if you need healing if you need uh, uh, encouragement if you want to commit yourself to being put on display if you want to if you want to commit to God that you're going to build on his word or even just continue to build on his word We're going to open these altars, pray together, and speak God's goodness on one another. Come and pray with us before you leave. In Jesus' name.